Schmeiser, and I'm happy to report we've got a regular lineup with Phil Moselak and Tony Sindelar. Um, well, this, yeah, this was... to- Guy English tried to pull to park and abduct me, mm-hmm. but my superpowers obviously are the matter eater lad. So <laughs> I was able to chew my way out of the Molson Canadian truck, mm-hmm. but it took some time. Also, it was a Molson Canadian truck, right? That is that's how Guy English travels, is my understanding. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's what I've heard. How does I've, he not get pulled over at the borders? <laughs> it's a mystery. Anyway, this week was another mind blowing episode. Um, in my opinion, we've had three super strong episodes in a row, and this one I think was a game changer in a way that even the last two may not have been. Then again, I say that as a blatant and admitted Dr. Wells apologist. So <laughs> <laughs> And that's okay. It is I know. okay. I, I think admitting it is the first step. Yes. So with that said, um, we do have a 45-second recap. Um, Tony did it last week, I believe. I believe so. And came in under the wire. Phil, would you like to try it, or do you want me to do it this week? Uh, I think I can probably pull it off. All right. So I believe in you. I am Thank queuing you. up the flash recap 45-second timer, and when I say go, it will be time for you to start. Ready? Steady? Go. Okay. In this episode, Mark Hamill appears as the alleged trickster, Jesse James, but he has a son and he is the other trickster and the entire uh, Central City dispatch gets tricked by both at the same time, putting Barry's father into the uh, nesting uh pain of oh i gotta go faster than that anyway we find dr wells uh background story i was right he killed both mr and mrs wells in a car accident and barry finds himself trying to become more against wells but also working with him oh i felt slow oh it's okay i didn't have the speed force no, you didn't. But you know what? This week did include an excellent monologue about the Speed Force. Doctor, yes. Dr. Wells turned the evil the evil vibe up to 11 this week. So I think let's start with, with our first installment of the Dr. Wells wellness check. Um, if you are the real Dr. Wells, your wellness check is not very well at all. Uh, mm-hmm. The backstory is revealed in which Eobard, uh, Eobard is how it's pronounced, Eubard Thawne is not the same person as Tom Cavanaugh. It's a completely different actor playing the role. And what he does is he stalks Dr. Wells and his wife, engineers a car accident, then comes over and effectively jumps, like sticks in a pair of jumper cables into his and Dr. <laughs> well, into, into his and Dr. Wells' torso, sucks the life out of Dr. Wells and turns into him. So he effectively kills the, kills the man and has been impersonating him for the last 15 years. The brief character sketch we get of the real Dr. Wells is somebody who had dreamed of making Central City this, 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 basically this enlightenment city where he and his wife would launch this, this crazy science initiative in the middle of the neglected town town. They'd revitalize downtown. They'd revitalize the scientific community in America. Also, they'd be goonily, stupidly, cutely in love the whole time. So we get a sense of what the world lost when it lost the real Dr. Wells. We also get, in my opinion, a writer's loophole because given how the real Dr. Wells acts and given the occasional flashes of humanity that seem to flash through, 
I'm wondering, is there any possibility that the real Dr. Wells is inside the impersonator and somehow going to be fighting his brain for control? Ooh, interesting. I like the idea, but this is fringe technology. We saw mm-hmm. it in an episode of Fringe multiple times, mm-hmm. and that real Dr. Wells was fairly husked. And yeah, he's, yeah, he's desiccated. It was awful, yeah. Yeah. That was an extended scene. I was like, I thought, you know, like, I, I didn't know if we needed to see all that to know what happened. But it's like, nope, we've got the CGI to dissolve the corpse. We're going to use that CGI. They did. Uh, uh, they turned. I'm honestly surprised you didn't see, like, dust blowing away in the wind because it was that thorough. Well, I wonder if, because, I mean, there is the question of, are there remains out there somewhere that will mm-hmm. be yeah. discovered? And yeah. we saw in the Sizzler at the end of the episode. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. somebody, something getting dug up. And mm-hmm. so I'm yeah. kind of thinking that might be what we're going to see. Yeah, that they'll find and do dental records or something along those lines. Um, actually, before we go any further, I know that some folks in our audience have um, a fairly strong spoiler sensitivity and they may not watch sizzler reels, they may not watch trailers, they may not read speculation. And they would prefer that we just stick to the episode at hand. So what I'm going to ask is that we actually don't discuss the crazy, mind-blowing, two-minute, blow-your-socks-off um, sizzler that happened at the end of this episode. Good I idea. I seen it. We'll, yeah. I'll, I'll push a little, a, uh, a little foghorn just before I yeah. said okay. that. Yeah. I, I don't think I have seen it, so. Don't. Because right. it's awesome, but at the same time, it leaves you a lot of questions. And I have, you need, I have you inadvertently seen space. other yeah. stuff that kind of spoiled me, and I was just like, oh... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So but that's how I am. But yeah, no, I um, what I appreciated about this episode is they basically took away any ambivalence about the Doctor Wells entity as as we know him now. He's Ubard Thawn. He's really awful. He wrecks lives. We still don't know why he's traveling back in time. What we know is that he loves killing people because he wants mm-hmm. to get back to the future. I still think that the way they showed um him sucking all the life out of the real Doctor Wells. And him casually saying, oh, you create this generator in 2020 and you change the world, blah, blah, blah. What I do wonder is if this is the writers planting some sort of out because Tom Cavanaugh has been a strong addition to the cast or they really liked his performance or they've liked the chemistry he has with other actors. And they want to find a way to split him out from Ubard, and he becomes their science monkey next season or something mm. along those lines. Just because, again, he's got tremendous chemistry with the cast. Um, he's played, he's, he's humanized that role a lot. And this way, the writers have that option if they choose to exercise it. It's much better than saying, nope, this guy is definitively awful, 100%. And then everyone going, but, but he, he smiles so nicely and says such nice <laughs> things to Cisco. So. Well, that could be. I, I mean, I could easily see where, you know, if they, if they did, you know, the flash beats the reverse flash, you know, what are you left with? So it would be great to have Kavanaugh back in yeah. some capacity. And let's just say that desiccated skeleton Mm -hmm. maybe that little device that little fringe device works in reverse yeah Mm -hmm. there's also i mean i i don't know too much about how it works in the comics Mm -hmm. but like i think it's pretty hard to kind of beat reverse flash for good right because he can you know presumably he'll get he's very he's he's very powerful and like all you can kind of do is kind of thwart him and discourage him and he'll take off and go work on his next evil master plan to show up when you least suspect it again. So, it, I mean, I, I feel like probably he's not a villain 
that we're going to get we're going to see killed off but it would still be sad if it's like how do we you know is there going to be a point at which Tom Cavanaugh is not sitting there every episode? What what does that do to the show? One thing uh, that I did find interesting, though, was, you know, going back 15 years, who, you know, I knew Barry moved fast initially mm-hmm. on, on the origin story. And to find out that that it was Thawne who moved Barry outside of the of, of the no, house. Which is That's weird Barry. because oh that was Barry who moved him outside. It was. Yeah, you gotta watch. Close. I watched that scene a couple times because the confusing. lightning bolts are confusing. Well, cause, yeah. Well, because they're inverted, right? Because Barry is a red streak with yellow lightning, and Thawne is a yellow streak with red lightning, and they kind of in the fight focus more on the the red and the yellow lightning. So I think if, I think I think if I'm seeing that correctly, it's it's Barry saves past Barry, and there is there is kind of you know flipping a conspiracy corner is. Is Reverse Flash there to kill Nora or to kill Barry? Um, and then we have that great scene where, you know, before he we, he reveals that he's not yet, you know, he does not yet have the, the face of Wells, where he has that little conversation with his, his little computer buddy Gideon, um, which had some revealing dialogue there about, you know, you know, your most recent time jump against the Flash has not worked. It's like, most recent? Ah. What, else have you been, what else have you been up to? That's, that's a good call, Tony. The other thing that I only noticed on my second time through, because they they do the the like sometimes slow mo, sometimes fast, super fast uh, speed jumping back and forth in the fight. One of the close ups of Barry, he is wearing a clearly different suit. The logo is different. It's it looks more like the logo, the Flash logo from the comic book with the white circle with the lightning bolt on it, which is not what Barry has in the TV show right now. So, like that's going to be your big hint. I mean, at some point. Barry's going to get a new suit, right? And, you know, I don't know if that'll be right before he goes on his crazy time travel expedition or, you know, a ways before. Yeah. And that was during the fight in the house? During the fight. Which yeah. was mm-hmm. which was really excellently done. Crazy yeah. great chore- choreography. I, I rewound and watched that a couple of times just to watch the way the bodies were twisting in midair and um, mm-hmm. running around. And what I really liked about the way that fight got broken up over multiple points in the episode Mm-hmm. is I, I think they're really laying the groundwork for, for Barry ending the season by going back and trying to stop the fight. Mm-hmm. Like, the end of the season is going to be um, him and Dr. Wells finally racing each other and, and heading back there. And then the only question I have is, does it end with them in the living room and Barry having a critical inflection point? Or does Barry run into another version of Barry? Or mm-hmm. I mean, this is like the great thing about time travel and yeah. alternate <laughs> possibilities is you're like, who's on well, and I mean, we still, and we, 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 from last week, we still kind of have questions about how time travel works. Yeah, right? yeah to- Tony and I got into that big, big debate on Twitter, which got really weird because we've only seen people go back because there was right? Terminator versus Back to the Future is the model that they've set up. Yeah, but and we have the problem so far of people go back in time, but so far mm-hmm. there's not a going forward yet. But, yeah, but we don't know. Um, the, um, oh, that would be horrifying, yeah. actually. God, can you... Well, and, and one one question that I know came up on Twitter was, and, and I tried to, you know, talk about it in the way Wells mm-hmm. did, which was like in last week's episode where, you know, time is very fragile, and but it, uh, and a, a certain set of circumstances have to occur in order for Barry to hit the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I was trying to figure out where is that pocket? Is, be, is it because... You know, Tsunami Barry was moving fast, and they just happened to, to correlate at the same time and at the same place, but that wasn't the case either. 
Like I was trying, you know, is it an overlapping? But maybe Mm -hmm. what we're getting into is, of course, when Dr. Wells is talking about how to vibrate through something. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's the next, you know, the speed force gland, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm no scientician, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and perhaps this is a good, as good as any to segue into that, but it seems like the two really big, um, I'm no scientician moments were, one, the the explanation for the speed force, and oh, by the way, you can now vibrate your molecules to the molecules mm-hmm. of anything else, and it's not like your brain will end up scrambled on the other side. <laughs> um and the reason I had the I'm not a scientist moment is your brain is basically a bag of chemicals and electrical reactions. And every mm-hmm. time that every time you have a neuron fire, it's a tiny it's a tiny electrical interaction. You combine that with all of the the, the physics foo for all that goes into mm-hmm. into Barry racing around. Like, how is it not possible? Are we ever going to get a plot line where like a flash runs through the wall and comes out and it's like flowers for Algernon where all of a sudden they have an IQ of fifty and they're like what? <laughs> I also just wondered. I'm just like, yeah. how come? I mean. He gets to take his super suit through, but his, the bomb sticks hey, behind. I was like, exactly. shouldn't yeah, he like not have pants little... on the other side? Like, shouldn't there be like an embarrassing moment where he's like, "Oh no, forgot to phase my pants." Um. <laughs> I would love, I would love an episode where the Flash loses his pants. I don't. Also, um, because the word pants is inherently comedic. It's, yeah. Yes, that's um, what I'm here for, Lisa. So. <laughs> but um, uh, the other, I'm no scientist. In question was again the the using the jumper cables to suck the brains and life force and everything else out of another person and take on their personality. Like, whose idea is it to come up with that technology? Like, what graduate student sat in a lab and was like, you know, what I could do is I could. That's create, just your I standard could, 25th century DNA stealer, right? Right, 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 right. This is ident- fringe like, you get identity theft to the. To the you get them. You get it at your local Radio Shack. That's right. In the 25th century, Radio Shack is back. Deal with it. Oh my what? God! Can you imagine? <laughs> it's like run. It's like run by Queen Consolidated at this point. Yeah. Well, we don't know what the, radios are, but we sell these things. Yeah. Right. It's it's so. the arbitrary sticking it in your chest that I yeah. find to be a little suspect. Yeah, like why I thought just he, stick it in it the looked brain? almost I thought it looked kind of camera esque. I was mm-hmm. prepared for him to just like point it at him and like take a photo and then have his face. Because yes. you know what would be awesome is if he had done that and then like, like the real Dr. Wells is a derelict round in the street screaming, Someone stole my oh. identity and like nobody believes him. That would have been great. That would have been a great way to keep um keep Keep Wells around. Um, exactly. Um, well, now wait a minute. Well, no, we really don't have that because we have a we yeah. have a completely desiccated <laughs> Wells. Yeah. yeah, he looks not good. He is dust dust to dust situation. Yeah. Though, so so um, it's ugh, yeah. It, so, everything but it's just awful. You know, one of the I was I was reading a bunch of flash stuff and, and flash stuff last week. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at some point I think I saw a description of the flash, which is basically, um, you know, his superpower. Is not so much speed as his connection to the speed force, which allows him to break the laws of physics. Yeah. If you're willing to accept that, then like everything's okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. yeah. Face sucking, I, I face say, sucking jumper cables from the 25th century yeah. or yeah, whatever. I I think I took greater uh, issue with because uh, I knew that the Flash has in you know in some versions has the ability to phase through stuff. It's kind of dumb itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but I more took uh, took issue with Barry's choice to test it out. On a gasoline tanker truck yes! that he ran through the long way. I was like, first of all, choose the short path. Second of all, you're putting don't a bomb drop next a to a bomb next truck. to a gasoline yes. tanker truck, and it didn't explode. No, I, that was like the that greatest. seemed like a really weird choice. Just, I mean, maybe they had a, a deal on, on tanker trucks at 
the prop depot or something. Or, or if it's supposed to be one of those where they're like on the side, we're supposed to have seen a sign that says non-potable water for agricultural <laughs> use only. Or there's like a cow. Yeah, let's just milk. be honest. Yeah. You know, Mark Hamill has been out of the game for a while. So sometimes mm-hmm. his little, his trickery, you know, yeah. you know, he, you know, he didn't know how big that bomb was actually going to oh be. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. He was so good in this episode. Can we yeah. talk, can we talk about how great he was in this episode? Mm-hmm. And so do, do we have a new sec- segment? Just like, let's talk about how great Mark Hamill is, regardless of whether he's on this, the episode or not. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or we need a, a, our villain of the week check-in, I guess. I now, think we should, like, 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 where we lavish the villain of the week with praise, because... Or, or not, on some other Or episodes. not, yeah. Or not. Um, on the yeah, throwback. It, was he, well, was he know, in and, the original... And to be honest... Yeah, he was in the yes. 1990s. Um, I, subs- I I have a season pass to this on iTunes, and it's only the standard def, so I sometimes miss some of the details that you get in high def, but whatever. And um, one of the things that got released in conjunction with this week's episode is they had an eight-and-a-half-minute featurette on this episode and Arrow in general, and they did a lot of interviews with John Wesley Shipp and with Mark Hamill where they talk about the work that they did in the 90s, and then they talk about what a thrill it was for them to come around and update this a little bit and play it the way they're playing it now. Um, and here's the thing. I had never watched The Flash in the 90s. Me neither. And I did not realize how freaking campy that show was until I saw, <laughs> until I saw some, of the, some of the things they had the, they had the trickster doing, like having John Wesley should go face down into, like a, into a, a vat of bubble gum. And, and the poor guy is like... I began to wonder if I had really angered the writer's room <laughs> because they just kept doing this stuff to me. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it. And the thing is, like, I, you know, I eventually kind of lost touch with it. But initially, it seemed pretty cool. And it's the, it's the one thing I really do like about this show is, they, is they, they're paying homage to, you know, what came before and not denying it and saying... Yes, this is that guy. And yeah. Like I've only seen YouTube clips of it, but like I feel like if I was writing a show, I would be like, let's not make any connections to that thing at all. That's embarrassing. I think And they, instead they yeah. did it in kind of a nice cute way. And you know, I'm not familiar with the old show, so yeah. like probably there were some references that, you know, were I'm not catching, but I don't know. I thought it was clever and and yeah. the, I I didn't expect the kind of like, you know, senior junior trickster angle. I thought mm-hmm. it was just going to be Mark Hamill was the trickster. Um, yeah. So. Well, I also feel like somebody on that writing staff is a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, and, yeah. Or or they <laughs> went to Mark, or they went to Mark Hamill like, would you really like to rule your past? And he's like, of course. And uh, because although he started off playing Hannibal Lecter, and he did, yes. I can smell it in your pocket. And they mentioned that like he had talked to psychiatrists into committing suicide. And Phil and I, when we did the first watch through, I'm like, oh my god, they're just creeping silence of the lambs here. But. When he gets to the, I am your father. And then the background <laughs> music goes into the huge John William S. Brass. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best troll on mm-hmm. TV. I love it. Um, hey, but you know and, what? And, and part of me was like, do you think that's really plausible? Or do you think like that he was just saying that because he wanted to say something like that? I think well, in the trick. comics they are. Yeah. I think that's that's from the comics. Yeah. But but um, let's just let's just be but I don't just, know if it matters. Let's just say flat out though, Twizzlers mm-hmm. make makes make makes mouths yeah. happy. Yeah, his yeah. Hannibal Lecter scene was uh oh, that was, was that was pretty impressive. It was delightful. Um, I had so yeah. much fun watching that. And um so he was great and I loved him at the party. Mm-hmm. Uh especially when he's with the champagne and everything and he puts the moves on Iris. Um I have complicated Iris feelings this week. And oh. yeah, I do. Uh but but yeah, I, th- I think our new segment Villain Check-in is is actually, mm-hmm. you know, off to a strong start with Mark Hamill. It's 
good that i guess it's good that they well it's good that they're no longer doing toxic balloons and they foiled his plan and all that my sincere hope is that he he like does guest consultations for the uh rogues gallery that's going to emerge mm-hmm. in central City. oh he could be like a, a mentor yeah exactly uh, yeah a, a, a consult advising consultant well it's now, like he, yeah. he's like the harvey i, thought, I, I will say movie. it's tricky because we've got captain cold has kind of tried to establish himself as the mastermind yeah and you know mark hamill was great and the trickster was a lot of fun but the trickster's 20 years in the making master plan mm-hmm. was a little weak um so i think he got but, distracted by breaking bad yeah i mean i think you know <laughs> he he is true to himself no matter how much that is not going to help him in the, the long run because you know i thought i had seen a promo for the episode which had the the bomb on the wrist and i was like oh that's going to be like a major part of the episode you know that he'll be dealing with for like a a, a recent a, de- a reasonable chunk and like you know, like Barry deals with that in like four minutes, right? I mean, it's it's not a big thing, and he and then he has the ridiculous um, box full of knives hanging over. Henry. Oh my yeah, goodness! So funny. This I, that, when I first thought it was like, oh, he's going to crush him with a heavy box. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, nope, the box is just full. Of knives. And, and they all and they like, all fall all right. blade side down. I was just of like, yeah, they, I was like, only DC. I really, yeah. I really love that scene though at the end where Barry finally takes off his hood because before they had that very touching. Yeah. I'm not crying at work while I listen to this scene where he's like, well, if I knew who the Flash was, if I were the Flash's father, I'd tell him X, Y, and Z, and you're like, oh my gosh. And now this time, like, when he hugs his dad and mm. takes off the hood, and his dad is, all his dad says is, you always did look good in red. And it was just mm. such a sweet moment. And We had a lot of My Three Dad. Hey, it, we it, did, oh, Phil and I, <laughs> we were like, it's too bad we don't do a musical review because they were like, we three dads of Barry Allen. <laughs> Just and like all three of them were under the under the same roof for one brief moment mm-hmm. too, which was crazy. But yeah, it was a My Three Dads episode. Um, the tension between Barry and Adopted Dad Number Two, Doctor Wells, is ratcheted up to twelve. Oh yeah, Barry is like the worst liar on the planet, and Doctor <laughs> Wells knows something is wrong. So so that's going on. But um, well, now real quick, is mm-hmm. the trickster is is he going to go to Ironside or is he going down into the basement? I think he goes to Iron Heights because he's not yeah. a meta right? Yeah, and well, have they put... he was caught pretty publicly in the then the the Central City Police Department's going to have they put any non meta humans in the like what do they call the pipeline? Yeah, I um, don't I don't think so. Where did General Oh General Ellis got fed to Gorilla Tribe? Yes. Um, okay, so he's not in, no um, a different kind of jail. No, when you think okay. about it, like the number of people Barry has apprehended and put behind bars is really small because yeah. either they end up dead by Dr. Wells' hand. And it's sad because they... some of them are the ones that are like not that yeah. villainous, right? Because yeah. you have the girl who can teleport line of sight, yeah. mm-hmm. and you had the, the guy who turned into steel who fell in the wrong crowd. Oh, there's that dude who turns into mist who yeah. also is in there, presumably in a, a discorporeal state. And he's pretty um, evil. Like that guy was like legitimately bad. He's yes. also on Gotham as as an surprisingly an evil dude there too, and I feel bad for the actor. And it's my sincerest hope that he launches like a web series rom com or something where he's actually like the romantic lead, so that he doesn't get the Burn Gorman treatment. Where it's like, are you looking for a vaguely unsettling guy with cheekbones to menace you? Get Burn Gorman, you know. <laughs> so, so I hope it goes that way. Um, I. Uh, let's see. So we've gotten through the Wells wellness check. Uh, do we want to move to my three dads, or do we want to move to shut up Cisco? Well, real quick on Iris. This is a mm-hmm. a pretty good episode of Iris, and I haven't mm-hmm. been a, you know a huge proponent of hers just because she's been kind of wallpaper at best. Yeah. Um, 
you know, she didn't have to do a lot, but what she, you know, she did move the plot forward in that she got Eddie to start looking in and the yeah. flash to look, start Mason's looking into disappearance. That's right. Except by the end. So here is the thing that, that actually had me laughing on my couch for like a good 10 minutes on Tuesday night is at the end of the episode, um, Joe and Barry let Eddie in on the secret. So at this point, like literally the only person in Central City who does not know who the Flash is, is the full-time Flash beat reporter mm-hmm. at the Central City Picture Taker, whatever that thing is called. Um, <clears throat> I think it kind of sucks if you're Iris because your dad is lying to you, your brother slash friend is lying to you, your boyfriend is lying to you, and they're all colluding against you to make sure that, you, that you're living the lie. So my hope is that, you know, when Iris does find out, like, she, she, she unleashes the wrath on them. Because I think what they're doing is pretty crappy. I get that they're like, oh, we're trying to protect her. But, <clears throat> you know, it's not like they're extending that same courtesy and consideration to, say, Caitlin. Um, and since Iris is the daughter of a cop and has shown herself to be pretty tenacious and capable of not taking any BS, it makes no sense for her to be in the dark at this point. And I, and, I, yeah. and I feel bad for her character. I feel like it's disrespectful that these men who are like, oh, we love her. We want to make sure she's safe. Like, will not say to her, by the way, this guy that you really like is the Flash. So you are going to become the target of psycho supervillains. You may want to start wearing flats so you can run faster. Well, and you've told, and you've told the big secret to the one guy who's actually related to your arch villain. They and don't see, know that. He doesn't know it yet, but we know that's that's going to come down. It would have been more interesting, I think, in my opinion, if they had given um, Iris the truth and left Eddie in the dark, and then that way Eddie can be angry. You know, it makes it makes it a little more interesting that way. But they obviously have something in in on stakes. Yeah, I mean, I think they're setting it up. Iris is going to find out through her detective work and not through being told. Right, and then she'll get to be upset about that. I don't know. It seemed weird to have Eddie brought in, but I think you know we're going to see this interesting stuff because I think it's you know. I mean, it uh, takes Barry the and Joe need someone to talk to. Yeah, right. It, it takes and the pressure, and Joe has got the partner. And one of those tiny yeah. threads that they've had through this whole season is how Joe is recovering from the loss of a partner, and he and Eddie are mm-hmm. becoming better partners because yeah. the last and episode, maybe yeah. like because because it seemed like I, I mean I guess probably just from a storytelling point of view. It could could Barry ever convince Cisco and Caitlin to be, you know, to to, to follow to follow into his conspiracies, um, and or maybe that that's harder to do or or, or whatnot. But um, he puts a lot of trust in Joe, right? And I'm assuming it's Joe's decision. Um, so, well, it's this episode was interesting, definitely from a my three dads perspective, mm-hmm. because Joe is the dad that he trusts. Mm-hmm. And he he still has a pretty arrested development arrested huh development <laughs> relationship with his biological dad because mm-hmm. his, his his real dad went behind bars when he was young mm-hmm. very young and he never had a chance to really <clears throat> like they haven't had the natural steps of of going through adolescence mm-hmm. together and separating they still have a very you know I think emotionally speaking Barry is still a very young child to his dad and his dad is still his big hero in his head um, whereas Doctor Wells is the kind of was the kind of paternal relationship that ideally fathers and sons have when both are adults and equals and find things in common other than DNA. And then this episode, like his game with Dr. Wells was just deeply, deeply off and everybody Mm -hmm. knows it. And I think Barry is going to have a really hard time trying to figure out how to play that because, you know, he was connected to Dr. Wells and he did love him on some level. And I think that's going to come back into play. The one other thing related to Iris that I noticed that I think 
suggests that she's going to find out sooner rather than later is there's the really quick scene where uh at the town at the city hall and Barry rushes in and throws the trickster up against a wall and demands to know where Henry is and he doesn't do the thing where he blurs his face and he doesn't change his voice and he's specifically yeah. asking where Henry Allen is and he says that and they cut to a reaction shot yeah. good pull i didn't even so, see like, that yeah so i mean i, I she has to find out sooner, you know, eventually. But I feel like we're going to see that this season, as opposed to they're going to try and keep, you know, milking that for for years. <laughs> so no, and um, I've come down hard on Iris in the past, and I still think it's kind of a thankless role, and the writers aren't doing her a whole lot of favors. But another thing that I think doesn't help is um, we are all still old enough to remember the 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 Lois Lane Superman interactions that Margot Kidder and. Um, Christopher Reeve had. And to me, they're kind of the gold standard of the reporter, superhero, flirty, repartee, mutual, mutually beneficial relationship thing. It's really hard to replicate that. And I feel like the Flash scenes kind of suffer in comparison to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think that they would use that model a little bit better. And even in, even mm-hmm. in, the, in, even in Man of Steel... That yeah. was that. W- it was wishy washy at best, and you know mm-hmm. that movie had enough problems of on its own. But that 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 relationship never figured out to me at all. I mean, especially to the yeah. Margot Kidder ver- Margot Kidder version. Yeah, no, that's the that's the thing is that the the Margot Kidder Christopher Reeve version is phenomenal, and she goes toe to toe with him. And Iris isn't quite there yet. There's still a little bit of a, oh, you're, you're kind of dreamy when your voice vibrates. So, <laughs> so we'll see. But <clears throat> yeah, I, I was actually kind of angry for Iris by the end of this episode. I think, it, I think it's crappy and unfair how the, the, how the three most important men in her life are, mm-hmm. are colluding and lying to her right now. And I yeah. hope it comes back to bite them. I really do. <laughs> so, <laughs> grr! So, so there's that. But no, this was, this was a great episode, mostly for the, the Ubard Thon. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and that was the what I think probably one of the more interesting things is they actually if you, you know, if you're watching Arrow, obviously that's one of the big callbacks on Arrow is the is these flashbacks. And we haven't had a flashback like Mm-mm. throughout the entire um show like like this, like this episode. This was- it also, you know, the funny ridiculous little, you know, Wells Husker device that we see. Yeah, um, that that gets to explain the crime scene uh, thing, right? Where there's the blood on the wall that's not Wells's, right? Yeah. Because because it's not Wells's blood. Because, no, it's Ubarthon's blood. Yeah, it's Ubarthon's blood. And does Ubarthon now have Wells' blood in him or whatever? But you know, so that was his pre, you know, pre whatever he has done to take on Wells's form blood. So that 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 covers that, right? And that checks that box. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, hold, now hold on real quick. So the blood at Barry's house, Barry's it's Barry blood. and somebody else. Okay, so they and the was, somebody else, and but they said like, <laughs> but it can't. It's not Doctor Wells. We know that. Gotcha. Okay. So because okay. it's because presumably whether it's like they have you know Doctor Wells's blood on file or uh, effectively the blood you know the creature that spilled that blood doesn't really exist anymore, right? Um. That's fascinating. The blood now has been sucked right out. Yeah, of him. he's got no. He doesn't have to. All he has is like he's got no real DNA trace marks because mm-hmm. they don't have Thon's yep. DNA. They it wouldn't be on file. Yep. 
I didn't like the one thing I, I'll say there were, there were some issues with, you know, scripting is mm-hmm. I didn't think that we needed to do the whole uh, you've been dead for centuries again. I think yeah, I mean, yeah. that was really good. And you don't have to overuse that. I guess that maybe that is cementing, you know, that it is the same person. OK, is not, you yeah. know, Wells is not present in. The, the version of reverse flash running around but yeah it, it was i mean it was literally the same line right mm-hmm. um yeah you've been dead for centuries and uh but my take was like maybe he's trying to distance himself from the terrible things he's doing to people by 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 thinking okay by the time i get back to my my real time mm-hmm. these people have been dead anyway so what i do doesn't matter to th- what i do to them doesn't matter so well, I was like, maybe he's trying to distance himself, or maybe again, he's just a stone cold jerk face. So yeah, I mean, we don't know. <laughs> you know, is he? Does he have a? I mean, obviously he's a, a sociopath, right? But I mean, does he have a greater purpose that, like, you know, he has to do these things to, you know, preserve or you know, avert something horrible in the future? Well, see, and that's yeah. and that's that that's interesting that you say that because he, he does start- he does kind of use that language pretty much every time we see him kill someone, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's like his thing is like, and is that like his like convincing himself mantra that, you know, I have to go through with this. It's, um, you'll be dead anyway. You know? Well, and he's been going and it sounds like, you know, based upon your observation, Tony, that he has been, you know, going back in time multiple times. And then that mm-hmm. particular time, 15 years ago, he got stuck. Yeah. And we don't we don't know. There's, there's still a lot of questions about how time travel works on this show which hopefully will be interesting and not plot holes i don't think they seem to be so careful about everything that i have faith in them but i mean is it that you can't go back that any trip that i mean because again it's speed force right and the flash is what generates speed force so if you travel back in time to a time when the flash doesn't exist yet because barry's not the flash Mm -hmm. is that just a one-way trip because there's no speed force Seems like that's what they're trying to hint at. I mean, that's yeah. How does the speed you know, force come into existence? I guess is the is the outstanding question. I have. I, yeah, we don't. Has yeah. it always been in existence, or does it take somebody to bring it into existence, or or to make it available? Because that definitely fits with the idea, like you know, and and Barry has now caught on to that, right? Wells Wells needs Barry to be faster to generate speed force, or tap into speed force, or. Speed for something, right? Well, so that, presumably, so that can be a, a, available to him. And we still haven't seen the answer, right? Because, you know, Wells in the present day is sometimes able to zip around. And then there's that other time where, like, he collapses walking down the hallway, right? So we, we don't know what his. How Why his can't he tap work. into yeah. it consistently is the question. Like, yeah. what was the damage that he's done to himself? Mm-hmm. Um, the other question I have is what is Gideon? Mm hmm. Um, First of all, is it an acronym of some sort that we we can't we haven't discerned yet? Or... Knowing evil super scientists, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's an acronym. And then if Gideon is this much of an AI, is Gideon under severe constraints not to you know say manipulate a stock market mm-hmm. or or crash computers? What? So I I honestly have no idea what Gideon is supposed to be. And Gideon has that weird in the weird uh, bumpy room access to newspaper in the future. So yeah. Somehow Gideon is connected through time. Yeah, right? so Gideon appears to have the ability to calculate probabilities and, mm-hmm. and, and to also do physical assays at the same time. And, and it's just, it's super confusing. And my, my crossover hope is that one day Felicity Smoke manages to get her hands on Gideon <laughs> or vice versa. And then we get a little bit more of a plausible explanation. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh my God, that'd be good. And oh, you know now what? wait a minute. What and if, that sounds what if Felicity... terrible. That's, 
Felicity it, it could, could be, be coming. It could be a plausible, it, yeah. Oh. Well, well, I was going to say, it'd be a plausible or, Oracle origin story that doesn't require mm-hmm. breaking somebody's back. Well, because this is this is the thing is is I thought I've always thought Oracle is a great addition to the DC universe. I love the mm-hmm. idea of an information broker that actually helps these idiots run off and do their job in a useful mm-hmm. way. Um, I can appreciate not I can appreciate I do think it's right and it's necessary for DC to actually have had a character who was like, yeah, I'm permanently paralyzed thanks to my my vigilante activity. There have been terrible consequences. I am learning to live with those consequences. I'm learning to live with my body as it is now. I've made a great life and a great career for myself. But at the same time, I don't think you necessarily have to be so canon that any oracle that appears in the DC universe has to be Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love it if they kind of gave it a C, the CW spin where Felicity Smoke merges with an AI and then you've got a walking, talking oracle. I think <laughs> right. that'd be great. It'd be it'd be a cheap. I'd watch it. Yeah, it'd be a cheap special effect too. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but um, anyway, that's wild, wild speculation. Um, there was really no shut up, Cisco moment for me this week. I actually he, laughed, I laughed out loud when Kitten's like, "You're just angry." He named himself. <laughs> I the one line I wrote down mm-hmm. is, "I'd be happy to give you a crash course on this when you on all this when you get out." And then he says, "I'll shut up now." And yeah, I was like, no, "Hey, was you're great. learning. Yeah, I'll, you're I'll learning. You self corrected. That's right." He's capable, and then Caitlin's like, I, "I need to give everybody hugs." And I was like, oh, "That's really sweet, Caitlin." <laughs> the snow is fall is thawing. Oh, you know, but she has they they've done a. She's another character where you're like, eh, it's kind of the exposition machine, but they've done it. They've done a good job of trying to humanize her more over mm-hmm. the last run of episodes too. And I approve of that as well. I I don't. I still approve. think this show has something of a girl problem, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I I just I really need Caitlin to be a you know she is a doctor for Pete's sake. I mean, you know, I just, I, I need to see her really pushing the envelope slightly more. But it's hard to do when you have that much of an ensemble. And I can understand that. But, you know, if if Ron, um, Ronnie's not there, you know, she becomes, again, wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially it's because, like, she and Cisco kind of fill the same role on the team. But yeah. Cisco's the bro and they get to hang out at the bar and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that... Yeah, it is. I, I, I agree with you. It, it, the, the women characters uh, are not particularly well. They don't, they don't seem to know what to do with them, right? And it's, no. it's hard. They have all these, it's like these paternal relationships are so strong yeah. that they seem to not super know what to do with any of the other Yeah, to, to pull, the, again, the reason I'm pulling Arrow into this is because they share a universe and Arrow has a couple years head start. But the way Arrow solved its women problem, which it also had in the first season, um, the way it, it was, it, is it basically built out a stable of women who kick butt independently of the dudes. Um, mm-hmm. Like Dinah was a huge, honestly, this has been a great season for Dinah. And um, because she's finally come into her own, um, they inserted Felicity in the back. Like they, they built up her role a lot more because she was originally supposed to be a one-off. Um, they've given Theo a whole lot more agency. Again, we're talking Arrow. We're not spoiling it. But what you have here is you have Caitlin Snow, who's got this quasi-paternal relationship with Dr. Wells. You've got Iris, who has a paternal relationship, but, you know, mother father-daughter relationship, mm-hmm. where Iris is defined by her relationships with other men. I would, it's it's too bad that she and Linda don't get along and won't get along because it would have been nice to see two women on this show have a conversation about something other than a dude. Yeah. And it would have been nice to see, you know, a metahuman on this show who, who may have been, you know, a chick metahuman on this show who is a peer of Barry's and not either a putative love interest or support staff. Um, 
I really feel like there's been kind of a failure of imagination on the part of the writer's room and uh, in, in how they're introducing and building out this this universe. They've had the, the fact that the, the best written and most complex female characters on the show so far have all been villains. It's kind of disturbing to me. So I'd like to see that fixed. I mean, I love this show. I enjoy watching it every week. I just really wish that they'd fix that they'd fix the woman problem. Um, and I may be comparing it unfavorably, unfavorably to Arrow because it took Arrow a couple a couple years to get a groove going on it too. But on the other hand, you have the same showrunner. Presumably, he's learned from his mistakes. Correct it. <laughs> Give Caitlin a science a, a science lady to go hang out with at the bar, or like two doctors where they can work on stuff together, or mm-hmm. you know, or or give Cisco a sister mm-hmm. that. Pops I mean, there yeah. you know, you, there could be an interesting thing where if Wells is gone, you know, does does Caitlin become kind of the lead scientist, um, and or and. Does she have to become the reluctant de facto leader of that group, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that could be interesting. It'd be it'd be nice to have like an older woman that that somehow comes into play. I you know I don't think you can add anybody in. I personally don't think you can. I think somebody's got to get clicked off before mm-hmm. you can add on. I think what you can do is you can have people recede and, and fall into the background. I mean, they've built out a pretty complete police staff. Yeah. You could add another forensic scientist to, to Barry's team. Mm-hmm. And, he we, he and, does not seem to log a lot of hours there. <laughs> well, the thing is, is right now Barry has an unfair professional advantage because yes. he can, you know, assemble things super fast and so on and so forth. If he were partnered with another forensic scientist where he has to notably rein in his metahuman powers... He's got to show his hours in the lab, yeah. <laughs> and and what's more, she's she's a forensic scientist, so by nature, she's skilled at observing things and putting puzzles together. That could be a really interesting professional slash personal relationship, you know. And that fleshes out the police thing plausibly. And she comes in every few episodes, and and that works. Or you know, again, Caitlin hires some new people in the lab, and and Cisco's like, I'm getting nervous. Am I going to be the wicker man this year? And she's all, <laughs> Shut up, Kate. And she's all, Shut up, Cisco. Now build me a wicker man. Um, <laughs> or you know cisco hires a, a a gearhead and it turns out to be a woman but um mm-hmm. you know for example the character of sin on arrow was this this basically roy harper's best friend and a pretty tough cookie in her own right and she helped build out and introduce other women characters and she still mm-hmm. plays an able supporting part we need more characters like that in the flash world because right now mm-hmm. it's pretty much just dudes having ideas and dudes having ideals and and Men solving problems and, you know. That's, that's why they need a, a yeah. little bit of Sons of Anarchy and go ahead and click a few people off. <laughs> it just cleans everything out. It cleans off the, ba- okay. the bad blood. They're doing mm-hmm. that in Vikings right now. Viking, this has been like the most Sons of Anarchy ever season of Vikings. So <laughs> It's important. It's yeah. important mm-hmm. to flush it down. Mm-hmm. Also, also keeps the actors in their toes. Let's them know that they can't yeah. take the job for don't buy that house into Luca Lake. You don't. You can't afford it. So, so yeah, this was this was a game changer in terms of uh, fleshing out the backstory for Doctor Wells. This was a game changer because now Eddie knows all, all about um, the Flash, and this takes some some pressure off of Barry. This is a game changer in the sense that Barry is now totally freaked out about Doctor Wells and not handling mm-hmm. it well. And we have a week off before the big crossover event happens with both Arrow and Flash. I'm super curious to see what precipitates that. Is the League of Assassins going to set up a satellite office in Central City? Um, is 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 somebody going to recruit Barry to whisk to to, to whisk somebody out of of, uh, of Starling City? 
Who knows? In any event, this is a great episode. We're taking a week off, and then you'll see us again for a special two-night crossover podcast event, as is only right and proper for the special two-night crossover broadcast event on TV. I'm I'm coming to get you, Guy English. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. This is our cliffhanger. With you, as always, I'm Lisa Schmeiser. I'm Phil Moslack, and I still am going to get you, Guy. I'm Tony Sindelar. I bear no one any ill will. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Cool.